Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We are so glad that you are here today. Thanks for joining us and sharing your lovely Monday with us. We're in like collective deep breath that it's Monday. Did the weekend go super fast for you, Christina? It did. Well, yes and no. As a parent of a five-year-old who's <laughs> like a wild animal, like he's great. He's yeah. a wild animal. It's like the time is slow and fast. You know, the minutes are slow, the days are fast. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that so much. Well, everyone, you are in a, a, a treat for today here. We are talking about messaging tactics. These are things that, like, Christina has been such an influence on my communication style, on, I mean, everything, but especially in communication. Um, we talked about this from, like, an internal perspective, an external perspective. So we're going to take ourselves on, like, a nice little journey here today. Um, this is Christina Brady. If you have not met her, we are going to send over her LinkedIn so that you can keep up with all the fabulous things that she is doing to be announced. I won't share any secrets, but if you want to chat with us throughout, if you could change your settings in your chat from the blue bubble in the chat from hosts and panelists, change it to everyone so we can all see what you are chiming in with. If this is your first time joining us, we do this every single day, same time, same place. You can check out the schedule of events at sellbetter.xyz or using that QR code on your screen. And we could not do this without the help of our fabulous partners. Today's show is brought to you by Exactly. Really cool company. They're founded by a sales leader, um, AI-powered, intelligent revenue platform, so they help teams with forecast and performance management. We are going to drop a link for you all in the chat so you can check them out. And for today, we will be talking about reasons messages get lost and how we can fix that. A couple of, uh, a little framework, if you will, a, a tactic that you can start implementing when you're communicating both internally and externally. And then some of that, um, nonverbal because so many of us are virtual. I would like to do a quick poll before we jump in just to see who's in the room. So oop, let's see who's here. Um, Christina. Hi. Hi. Um, talk to me about I, I think like when I start thinking about communication and things falling through the gaps and the most of the challenges that I face in terms of communication, it's like there's so many channels, there's so much noise, there's so much going on. Um, like, how many friends do we have that are like, you're texting them and you have an Instagram thread and you have a, a you know, thread over here on Slack for work or whatever it is. You're having all these separate conversations Talk to me about like what you see this core challenge with communication and where we miss the ball. You know what's so difficult? I mean, today, but always is I say the roots of either all evil or all extreme good in the world comes down to two things. One is your intent, right? That's the core. What am I intending to do? How am I intending to show up? Uh, and then the other is how you communicate that intent. And the problem is they're both really, really subjective, but your communication of that intent is 
only mattering by how that person interprets what you're saying. And that's based on their communication style, their experience, how they read your either verbal or nonverbal communication. And so when you have all of these different channels and you're trying to communicate your intent and your thoughts and your personality, it, it's almost it's it's fascinating that any of us are able to speak to each other at all because you have no way of really knowing how somebody's interpreting the words that you're saying, right? And body language and tonality means so many different things. You could say the same statement, but if you say it with different tonality, it means totally different things, right? I could say, I get it, right? I could say, oh, I get it, or I get it, right? Same words, two completely different tonalities. What if I'm texting, I get it, which one do I mean? You can't hear right. it, right? right? So that's where we get lost and we get tangled. And the more other streams of communication that we pull into it, the more difficult it becomes and the less of a relationship you have with that person so they can predict your intent, the worse. And not all of us have a deep, meaningful relationship with every one of our coworkers. In most cases, you're, you know, you're friends with your coworkers, you're respectful, but they may not know enough to assign the proper intent to you. And thus we can miscommunicate really, really frequently. Yes. Uh, yes to all the above. You and I were talking about this like idea of an iceberg. And I think like icebergs get compared to so many things, but we're talking about this communication iceberg. Can you walk me through this visual? Because I thought it was like such a good refreshing, like, oh yeah, that helps me make sense of it. Every conversation that you have with any person in your life, there's an iceberg. And the more relationship, understanding, context that you have, the more of that iceberg is above the water. And the less that you have, the more that it's below the water. And so understanding where you actually stand with people and sort of what level of familiarity you're at will determine how likely the boat is to hit that iceberg, right? Like how, how much can I avoid a bad situation simply because we have the context and the understanding to be able to go off of that? And in most professional settings, it's just like a little, like a little baby piece of ice above the water. And you're like, oh, a penguin couldn't even fit on that. And underneath it, right? It's going to bump your boat a little bit over and over again. And so the more that we can actually raise everything that's below the surface to the top of the surface, the easier we can communicate. And then guess what? The faster we can move and accomplish things and have fun and get to the end of it. I think about that with like even external. It's like we're maybe they're coming to us looking for a solution and that's all we're seeing. But we don't see all of the different solutions they've tried in the past or pains of failed implementations or challenges with external vendors and, you know, internal personal issues and all of these things, right? It's like, we just see, hey, can I please have pricing? <laughs> right. And well, before I give you pricing, I'd like to put you through a very painful and very lengthy discovery process um, uh, because my price is higher than you want it to be. So my hope is I'm going to help you fall in love with my product and then the price won't matter. Yeah, that works every time. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, who doesn't want to sign up right now? Okay, so then it's like, what what can we do about it? And you shared this idea for a communication framework. I want to bring it up as we walk through, just if you're a visual person like me, um, Christina, walk us through kind of this idea of how we can fix this, how we can approach this and put as much of that iceberg above the water as possible. Yes, especially with lack of a long-term meaningful relationship. Because again, I'm going to keep saying it, when you get to know folks well enough, 
you can predict their intent, how they want to communicate, because you have that level of understanding and you're not naturally assigning them bad intent. However, anybody ever get in a fight with somebody really close to you? Right? Like it, it happens. We still communicate separate from each other. So the first is committing to clarity in any kind of conversation, especially if it's nonverbal, if it's texting, if it's Slack, if it's Salesforce chatter, if it's, I don't know, Instagram or TikTok, whatever, right? Commit to clarity. And what that sounds like is, hey, we're having a conversation. I have a question for you. I have a need for you. I have a proposal for you. And the thing that I want to make sure that we get down to is clarity of exactly what are we communicating? What is the end in mind in this conversation? What am I hoping that you're going to get out of it? And I want to gut check along the way to make sure that we're continuing to have clarity and understanding each other. So if you hear me doing that throughout our engagement in this conversation, whatever it may be, that's what I'm doing. And so I want to commit to being very, very clear with you. Are you open to having that kind of a dialogue? Right. And that just shows that I am willing to understand you first before being understood and Mm -hmm. open it up to them to do the same thing. Just be like, if I ever say something that you don't understand or you need more clarity or my intent feels a little bit foggy or you're confused, I'm moving too quickly. Please, please, let's say, hey, let's take a quick pause. I need some clarity around that piece. Can you dig in a little bit more? So you make it okay to stop and ask those questions versus being bulldozed. Okay. And then there's always the next steps. And what that next step looks like is we just joined to have a conversation about this. We talked about these two things. From what I understand, these are our next steps and where we're going. What do you hear on your end? Right. Taking the time to break those down and making sure that you have equal time to talk and share and be flexible. You may both walk out of that meeting with completely different takeaways. And if you don't talk about it, you're in big trouble. Like a deal's not coming back. You're on two different pages. So there's that like, do we agree on the next steps? Where are we at? Where are the boulders? I want to communicate and commit to clarity throughout this entire process. And this can be internal, external, like this same process can be used everywhere. You can use this with your spouse. Yeah. You know? Five-year-old. Yeah, my five-year-old, like the next time that my husband loads the dishwasher in the really strange way that he does that, I'm going to utilize this framework. I'm going to utilize the framework and say, hey, you know, hon, I want to arrange some clarity here and let you know that my intention is for us to do things in a way that makes a lot of sense, right? Like you you can do this with with anybody, right? And it's going to sound different or sound a little bit longer, the better the relationship that you have, the easier it's going to be. But to me, committing to having a clarified conversation, committing to understand each other, opening them up to do the same, and then repeating and making sure that you're heard. You know what that is? That's respect. Mm-hmm. And people want to work with, communicate with, be with people that they have a deep, meaningful connection rooted in respect. And that's how you build it. I think something that you had said to me a while back that like really stuck was talking about how this process um, it's like looking for those um, blockers before and like bringing them to light. You're like labeling where where could this go wrong before it goes wrong, right? Oh, you're just hunting for them. Yeah, well, you're most conversations, especially if they're not going to be an easy conversation, right? Because there's one thing where it's, look, we're going to have a fun conversation. We're going to have an easy conversation. I'm going to give you some great feedback. Those can also go off the rails, by the way, we can touch on that. But like, let's assume for the time being 
that you're needing to have a conversation with somebody who you're somewhat unfamiliar with, right? Somebody, maybe a prospect salesperson type of relationship. Somebody maybe in a direct report supervisor type of relationship, and you need to have a conversation. You know that there are several areas where that can kind of fly off the rails or go wrong. You can look out, you could call them yellow lights. You can look out for kind of hidden landmines, but it's sort of predicting where things can go off the rail. And sometimes you can avoid that by talking about how you communicate, right? Which is, hey, I tend to be a fairly direct communicator. And sometimes that can make people feel really, really unheard. So I'm going to consciously make sure that I'm listening and I'm not being too direct, but I want to I wanna feel heard. Uh, is there anything I should keep in mind as you and I are kind of discussing this with each other? Right. So it's OK to invite somebody to say, like, hey, here's how I communicate. Here's how I like being communicated with. And if you recognize that something went a little wonky, it, say it. Talk about it. Be like, yeah, that, la- you know, that last interaction, that felt a little bit strange. Did that feel strange on your end, too? Yeah, let's break it down. What happened there so we can avoid that? I am so big on getting these things out into the light because that's how human beings learn to trust each other. Is by not being like, oh, that didn't feel good. I'm not going to say anything, but I didn't like it. Right. Just sweep that under the rug. But I feel like that's how many of us are taught how to handle it. I'm interested in hearing from everyone here. Where do you feel like most of your challenges coming from? And this pops up as anonymous, by the way. But like, is it internally teammates, internally with your leaders, externally with deals that you have open or externally with prospects? Um, just just curious, because I see like, I mean, there's obviously issues everywhere with everything. And I really loved you mentioned this like difference of lived experience and how that comes to the table. Um, I I think about, you know, if I find a, a dollar bill on the ground, how excited my daughter gets over a one dollar bill. And she's like pumped. She could do so much with one dollar where I think about like I find a dollar and I'm like, yeah, it'll make me have like a good hour, you know, and I'll pocket it and I'll be excited but like it's life changing for her. Our lived experience is different. Same totally. thing. Or if I see a dollar on the ground, um, one of my irrational fears is being lured somewhere. Oh my God. So in my mind, it's like this is the trap. Yeah. This is attached to some fishing wire and it's going to be, you know, so I'm like, I have to pretend I didn't even see the dollar. And yeah. this is a proof to example of, of, of ways that you can't even anticipate that people were right. thing, right? And that's like, I wish I were kidding. I'm not. Um, yeah. I have a lot of like, this is the hidden camera television show. It's glued to the ground. Someone's going to be. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh, I'm always prepared to be punked. Like nobody would ever punk me. I'm just not I'm not the person to be able, like, you know who we should get Christina. But I'm always like, is it a guy? <laughs> Ashton, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. that's kind of how it goes. No, if you get that reference, <laughs> you get that reference. You're an there we go. There's Mason. Okay, so you started bringing up this idea of virtual and labeling, just kind of sharing your communication style. Um, these are some of the things that I have heard from you. I, I just kind of pulled them together um, and I want to walk through and ask you a few questions. So um, we had talked about like, if there's a way to publicize this, like here's my communication style. Talk to me about your thoughts on that. What you do? Do you recommend a certain assessment? Do you think it's like, the whole everyone has to be on the same page. If I start talking to you about my print assessment, you're like, "What's that?" Right. So talk to me a little bit about talk to me a little bit about this. You know what's funny about assessments? And one, I am I am a giant fan of org wide assessments. Everybody on the same page because it gives you somewhere to start, right? And also, it's fun taking assessments. And I don't mean the Buzzfeed like, "What kind of pizza would you be?" Um, but there's all kinds of professional assessments. There's there's DISC, 
There's Myers-Briggs. There's the dope bird test. Um, there's 16 personalities. There's perf- like there's um, predictive index. There's strengths finder. I mean, it's like there's so many and all of them are great. The The one that I personally recommend for communicating more effectively or using your communication as a superpower is DISC. And I'll tell you why. So many of those are related to personality. And guess what? You shouldn't change your personality. You shouldn't amend your personality. And you shouldn't be working in a place where you feel like your personality doesn't fit in. Yet, like, I truly believe that every single person, like, your experiences that you bring to the table and the way that you communicate about them, like, it, it is, can, and should be a superpower. So never feel like your personality and who you are should get in the way. If you feel like it does, you're working in the wrong place. How you communicate you can control. And what I love about DISC is it's about communication. And so many people think like, oh, it's personality. And it's not. Who you are and how you communicate sometimes can be two very, very different things. So DISC analysis kind of focuses on these four quadrants um, of ways to communicate. And it kind of breaks down how do you communicate? How do you interpret messages? How do you put down your communication style to be open to hearing another one? And how do you communicate to somebody who is a different style to become a non-threatening person to them? Because at the end of the day, when you communicate with somebody and you knock heads, the main feeling that you feel is unsafety. Mm. Right? I don't feel safe talking to you if I can't communicate with you properly, if I don't feel heard by you, if I don't feel like I can trust you. And so it comes down to wanting to wield the way that you communicate as a force for good to be a non-threatening and open person has nothing to do with your personality. It has to do with how you reach people and how comfortable you can make them so that you can have difficult conversations, right? It's a little bit of radical candor in there, but that's big. So DISC is a big one. Me personally, I'm I'm a DI and we can talk about what that means, but it's fascinating to go through it. Um, Erica just mentioned Crystal Nose app. Um, this is actually, it uses the same disc assessment this is a shot of mine um i'm a di as well and yeah just like sharing this with knowing it about yourself and i do think like you should take the test too it's free but um like being able to know information about yourself so you can tell people how you best communicate christina you mentioned you were like i'm typically a direct communicator and then you put some qualifiers around it and i think that that the the idea to share with other people especially your manager your leader or even in friendships and with your colleagues with your prospects there's so many ways um that you can like put these qualifiers to say here's typically what what works for me if you're trying to communicate with me but it also opens that door to ask like what's best for them is there like a go-to phrase that you share What's your, what's your thoughts? Are you like, this is how I communicate. And then you ask them or what's the, what's the give and take look like? So there's a few ways that you can do it. I know a lot of companies will have their teams all take one assessment. And then even on their Slack instance, it'll be their name and then sort of their assessment output. Right. And so then everyone has had the training. So then when I'm on Slack and I'm about to start a conversation with somebody and I see that they have the same communication style as me. I already know, like, as long as I'm communicating in a friendly way to you, we're likely going to understand each other and move very, very quickly. Here's what's tricky about this. 
is a lot of people think that professionally they have to say certain things in order to be accepted and viewed like a professional. One of those is, and you've probably heard yourself saying this, don't sugarcoat feedback for me. Don't sh- just just hit it with me straight. I can take it. No. If you're an I or an S, no, you can't. You don't, you don't want someone to just hit you with cold, hard feedback. You kind of need them to fluff it up a little bit so that you can digest it. There's nothing wrong with that. So there's thir- certain things that we think we have to say. But then if you say that to me, I am, I am a very, very high D communicator, right? And I have some of that I because I work in technology and I've sort of worked it in. It's what's influenced me, which is helpful. But if you sit and you tell me like, hey, just hit me with the direct feedback, I'm going to hit you with direct feedback. And if I am communicating like you're another D and you're not, you're an I or an S, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Because there's also how certain things impact folks who are different communication styles. I will give you an example. Being interrupted. Okay. When you interrupt a high D, it makes them mad. When you interrupt a high I, it hurts their feelings. It makes them sad. When you interrupt a high S, it shuts them down. They think that they're wrong and they don't want to speak anymore. And when you interrupt a C, it makes them frustrated, right? So you have these four different ways of reacting to the same thing happening. If you don't know the communication style of the person that you're talking to and you interrupt them, you also don't know how to make it better because you don't understand what feeling you've elicited there. Right. Right. So learning these things, it's so, it's, it's, it's the iceberg, right? It's like, if I don't know how you communicate and I accidentally have a faux pas, right. it would behoove me to know what style communicator you are. So I can say, I'm so, so like, if you're a high, I, I'm so sorry, I just interrupted you. That was unbelievably rude. Bring it back. I'm listening. I'm listening, right? I'm going to react to sadness versus anger, right? Like versus right. frustration versus right. I just shut you down. And guess what? I'm not going to get you to talk again. You interrupt a high S, they're like, Done now. Nope. Bye. (laughs) So there's a lot. Yeah, huge. And I mean, if you're in an office, I there's a couple people chiming in in the chat. Um, We I did a predictive index at a previous company, and we actually posted our results on our doors or on our desk. So when people were coming up to communicate with you, like they could just like glance at it too and see. It was very interesting. We did a lot of training around it. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then. This is something I think we think about this in our personal lives. I think about it with my friends and my best friend shows up and I'm I'm kind of maybe airing some grievances about something. And she always says, do you want me to listen? Do you want me to help you solve? Do you want me to just like, what's the goal here? Um, I know I've heard you do this in professional settings. Talk to me about like asking people how they want you to show up in a conversation. Yeah, it's exactly that. I think most people, when they are at work, feel like when someone presents them with a problem, they have to fix the problem. And simply asking somebody, hey, how do you need me to show up? Do you need me to listen? Do you want me to solution? Do you want me to advise? Like, where where do you need me to show up for you the most? Because sometimes commiseration is medicine. And like, sometimes it's okay to be like, yeah, that sucks. That I would be so frustrated by that if I were you. Completely valid. There is a gift in validating people's feelings because, again, your feelings are always valid. Your behavior may not be valid associated (laughs) with that feeling. You don't have the right to coach somebody out of their feelings ever. 
You're mad? Go take a walk. Don't punch a hole in the wall. You can be mad. It's okay to be mad, right? So that's like, how do I, how do I actively show up? Um, and that could also sound like, and I, I had to learn this lesson firsthand. I'm I'm one of those guilty of like, well, I've got the solution for you. Go ahead. I can fix anything. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Right. And I'd have folks that would come over because they had already tried several things and they needed my help to figure out what's broken. Like they couldn't get there. And so what happened is they come over and say, hey, I've got XYZ problem. This is what's going on. And I would say, oh, try this. And they'd be like, yeah, no, I tried that. I'd be like, oh, okay, all right, we'll try this. And they'd be like, you know, I did that. And I'd be like, well, what do you want? Right. And then it goes to what do you want? Instead what that could sound like is, okay, quick question first. How do you need me to show up? This, this, or this. Second, okay, you need me to help solution? Before I solution, I can imagine that before coming to my desk, you've already tried a lot of things. And I want to make sure that there's a lot of clarity so I can help you quickly and help relieve some of your frustration. So take a minute, tell me what you already tried, right? Okay, what I heard you say that you tried is this, this, and this, and those didn't work. Okay, why don't we try this, right? Just those little parameters there go from you try this well what do you want me to say that right it's like that creation hits because we're hitting walls and i have to say if you have the training on how to communicate then you also bear the responsibility of making sure that you are always being effective with that and the other thing i'll say on this is i get asked this question all the time because i do a lot of disc training i talk about it a lot and everyone's like what's the best profile for xyz job like, what's the best one for a manager to have? Or what's the best one for an AE to have? And I'm like, that's the question is no. Like, the limit does not exist. There, There is no right communication pattern for any job. The key is knowing how you communicate and how to effectively communicate exactly as you are. I have seen incredible folks of all different communication styles that excel and those who do not. And it always comes down to how effective they can communicate and navigate these landmines. Beautifully said. Thank you. I, beautifully said. I do think, too, like you were talking about this from the position of people coming to you. I was just putting myself like you're sharing that if you have this training, it's our responsibility to move forward and share that. Like if you're going to your manager and you want to ask for their help on something, but this is the the situation you run into over and over again because that was a high response to the polls there. Just sharing like, hey, I'm coming to you and I'm looking for venting or I'm looking to help like get your help on this. Like you can take some of that on yourself as well. 100%. Yes, you can go to your boss and say, hey, um, I, I really need help with this. I've already tried four or five things, which I'll get into in a moment. And I'm coming to you because I honestly need your help getting beyond that. So let me take a quick moment to walk you through what I've already tried. And is it okay if we kind of solution a little bit after that? Um, oh, on top of that, I also learned that I'm a high, this type of communicator. So if I'm being too direct or talking too quickly, just let me know, right? So there, there is that moment. Again, it's, it's the first thing in the graphic you put up, right? Like commit to clarity if you had the training. And guess what? You know what's cool about it? people pick up on it. Like it's kind of contagious. When you start doing that, other people realize that when someone walks up to them and you give them that level of clarity, it's like a warm bath. And like, wow, that conversation felt really good. I knew exactly how to show up. That was so comfortable. I'm going to go do that with the next person that I talk to now. And so you can be a catalyst for positive change by simply showing and doing some of these skills right up front. 
I love it. Okay, I'm going to share a couple things really quick. I know um, we're going to drop, Jed Marley has some email outline templates that we're going to drop in here for everyone if you're looking for some email templates. I know, Christina, um, we'll put your LinkedIn information here as well. Someone asked for any book recommendations on communication. I heard you say Radical Candor. Is that a favorite of yours? Do you have anything else on that list? I love Radical Candor. The other one that I love, and I, I actually, it just happens to be behind me. It's called Six Thinking Hats by Edward Debano. What's amazing about it is every single colored hat is like a different tone for a conversation. And the book trains you on how to get into different mindsets and be like, okay, we are presenting a problem. Everybody put your red hat on, which means free game. Rip this apart. We're all going to do it together. No one's going to get offended. It's a red hat session. Go, right? So now we're all immediately on the same page, which if you're listening to an idea and you hate that idea, now you're like, this is my moment to not look like I'm pushing back or difficult. We're all going to rip it apart. Awesome. Now, if you were somebody in that room, you're like, I love this idea. You're like, okay, we're going to do the red hat session. What could be wrong with it? But then we're going to move to do a green hat session. Everybody in the room, let's talk about how amazing this idea is. You're like, oh, this is my moment to shine, right? So the six thinking hats is big because it shows you how to put down what you're trying to achieve and really be in the room and listen to others, knowing that you're going to have your moment. So it's a big one. And then the other one is Who Moved My Cheese, which is an oldie, but a goodie. Um, last one. Sorry, I have so many books. I love, I, I love is the way. The obstacle is the way. If you have not read that, it is it is it is a book that is all about looking at the hardship that happens in your life and how to not let that slow you down. Right. You're going to have obstacles. We all do. But none of us in this room are who we are without the struggle that we've gone through. And if you were to go back and erase every single hard day, you would erase yourself in the process. So how do we look at the obstacles that we have? and turn them into an opportunity to be better. So that's also an incredible book. That's like the best line to end on, I think. Um, Christina, thank you so much. As always, like time flies whenever you're sharing your bits of wisdom and your experience with us. So thank you for taking the time and hanging out with us today. Everyone, um, tomorrow, same time, James is hosting a live cold calling session. So if uh, that piques your interest, it should be phenomenal. Sellbetter.xyz. And you can grab the link in the chat. Christina, again, thank you so, so, so much. It was so good to spend some time with you. Thank you for having me. I always love being here. And thank you, everyone, for joining. This was wonderful. We'll see you soon.